terrorist have to do these days to prove he's a terrorist? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. I'm here to help you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Yes, what does a terrorist have to do to prove he's a terrorist? Wave the ISIS flag? We had yet another event, of course. Uh, they're not daily, they're at least weekly in Australia. And um, this just absolutely drives me pup wild. When the authorities, you know, uh, whoever they particularly are in any particular circumstance, politicians and police typically, uh, they, first thing they said was, this is, there is no evidence that this is a terrorist attack. Really? <laughs> this was a man, an, an Afghan refugee who had become a citizen of Australia. And he, um, well, first let me tell you what he did. He ran his car, an SUV, into Melbourne, into a cross street in Melbourne. Um, and he talked about, ultimately, he talked about the mistreatment of mus Muslims. Now, he's an Afghan refugee talking about the mistreatment of Muslims. Hmm, let's see, do you think maybe he is a terrorist? Now, what the, the killer is that um, these authorities talk about uh, what they said at the beginning was that he is mentally ill. He had, uh, has a history of drug abuse and a history of mental illness. And in fact, he canceled his appointment at the mental health clinic that day, this past Thursday, um, to, uh, to <laughs> create this attack. You know, why get mental health help when you can actually uh, create a terror attack? Now, why is it, his name, by the way, is Saeed Nori. He's 32. He came to Australia in 2004, as I said, as an Afghan refugee. He became an Australian citizen two years later. And um, when he was caught, well, you know, he, he mowed down pedestrians and he was caught. And he talked about dreams and hearing voices. He did this outside Melbourne's train station during the hectic pre-Christmas shopping period. Now, time out here. As you will know, if you were listening to my previous podcasts and, you know, and, and vlogs, um, which you can find uh, in a number of places, I'll give you that information uh, besides where you're watching, listening to it right now, I'll give you that information at the end. But if you've been following me on any of these platforms, you know that I have been trying to warn you, especially in New York, but I've talked about how um, ISIS has, for weeks, has been having a campaign to recruit lone wolves to create terror attacks for the holidays. And indeed, we are seeing a flurry of them. In fact, at the end, I'm going to tell you about a new one that just came out today. Not really an attack. Actually, it was someone who was just caught in time, in the nick of time, before he attacked San Francisco. We'll get to that. But right now, sticking with Australia, sticking with just reminding you about um, how uh, ISIS has created this advertising campaign to lure 
lone wolves to create attacks. And one of the main ways that they did this is by having a poster of Santa Claus on a platform in Times Square in New York saying that we're going to meet here soon. Now, um, there's all, they've also had posters and uh, advertising and all different kinds of uh, ways of reaching out to lone wolves to attack other cities as well. Of course, Paris and London and the Vatican and so on, and undoubtedly Australia and San Francisco. I would be surprised if they weren't, or if they didn't mention them by name, certainly the general principle of go out there, you lone wolves, and, um, and create attacks, especially, you know, where there are lots of people, um, like this man in Australia did. He hit a very busy intersection. Uh, near the train station where there would be a lot of people, and indeed there were. And the man uh, who was caught in the nick of time before attacking uh, San Francisco, uh, he chose a spot that where there were a lot of people. I mean, you know, there are a lot of people out altogether right now because of it being near Christmas. And um, so this is the time, if you're uh, a lone wolf, you have lots of of places that you can uh, choose for your attack. I mean, the man in the man who uh, the terrorist who um, detonated his bomb that he was wearing in New York. The, the most recent one was in the passageway between the Port Authority and Times Square, and he said that he chose that spot within that passageway, obviously near. Uh, Times Square, you know, which, which that the picture was of, and Port Authority, where there are tons of people as well. Uh, he said he chose that specific spot where he was standing to detonate his bomb because uh, there was a, a poster of, about Christmas there. So, I mean, you know, how much clearer do these terrorists have to make it, folks, that, um, that they are terrorists and that they are doing this for ISIS or Al-Qaeda or, you know, just the name of, of terrorism um, for Allah. So when people, when authorities don't call a spade a spade, I mean, yes, okay, when they just caught him and arrested him at the scene, they, of course, didn't know all about his background. But they shouldn't have been, and this was all over, that, that people were, uh, this is not terrorism, this is not terrorism, that's the first thing you hear, this is not terrorism. Really? How do they know that in the first five minutes that they caught someone? And um, in particular, what is, what is bothering me as a psychiatrist, they say that because someone is mentally ill, you know, either drug abusing uh, and mentally ill or, you know, um, I mean, of course, you know, whatever mental problems they have, uh, that doesn't mean that they are not a terrorist. You certainly can be mentally ill and be a terrorist. And in fact, it is more likely that people who have deep psychological problems are going to be lured to follow the terrorists. I mean, we don't have the healthiest people in the world seeing this advertising on the internet and thinking, huh, yeah, that's a good idea. I don't have anything much to do today. I mean, really, whether they've been diagnosed mentally ill and had, have a psychosis or a chronic psychosis like schizophrenia or manic depressive illness, also called bipolar, um, or whether they have some other psychological problem, 
obviously the more severely ill they are psychologically, the more likely they are to believe in the propaganda that ISIS and other terrorist organizations put out. So to say, oh no, it's not terrorism, he's just mentally ill and has a problem with substance abuse makes no sense. And it, it bothers me that pe these authorities, people in power, people who should know better, would say something like that. And yet you hear it time after time after time. So um, oh, let me tell you more about the Australian attack. Um, the uh, finally, the Prime Minister of Australia, um, Malcolm Turnbull, had to say later on, uh, he has said that he attributes his actions to the perceived mistreatment of Muslims. So, something tells me that this man, Saeed Nouri, didn't say the perceived mistreatment of Muslims. That's not how he put it. Um, and then he, the uh, Prime Minister goes on to say, uh, apart from that statement, there are no known links to any political issues or any links to extremist groups. Apart from that statement, okay, like that's not significant enough. Um, and there, uh, let's see, there, if there, if they admit, or this one article uh, admits, and it's kind of common sense that it's, it, the problem is PC, the problem is political correctness. In America, it is the death, it is going to be the death of America, it is already the destruction of a lot of America, our political correctness. And it's obviously in Australia as well, because um, they're afraid if, the, if they say that this attack, this Thursday's vehicle attack was motivated by religious or political beliefs, instead of mental illness, then it could trigger a backlash against Australia's refugee program. That's what they're concerned about. Um, there apparently are quite a number of refugees. Um, so they're trying to, they, they're trying not to make it seem like Nori, this terrorist, was inspired by Islamist extremists because that could fuel hostility towards the Muslim minority in Australia. But how many mentally ill Japanese run down pedestrians? A columnist wrote that. I mean, it's not just the Japanese, that's an example. How many mentally ill um, people from immigrants from other countries, it could be any other country, not a terrorist country, uh, run down pedestrians. I mean, really, are we seeing blondes in bikinis getting into cars and running down pedestrians? Are we seeing, I mean, they, these are ISIS sympathizers, terrorist sympathizers. So, um, so instead, the prime minister uh, was trying to, was talking about all the positives of this uh, ramming incident, the uh, the response of the off-duty police officer who arrested the driver, bystanders who helped the in injured, we're a nation that looks after each other. Yes, and I totally agree, and it's cer certainly super important when there are kids involved, um, you know, when explaining, we're talking about attacks with kids, which are important. Um, it's important to emphasize the positive that there are police and paramedics 
and ambulances and firefighters and all these, you know, first responders to help and doctors in the hospital helping the injured and so on. Yes, of course. But that doesn't mean that you should say that a terrorist isn't a terrorist. Now, this happened um, at 4.41 p.m. local time uh, on Thursday that he drove the SUV into pedestrians. There are three of the 19 people who were injured who remain in critical condition. The worst injured was, a, was an 83-year-old man from Melbourne. There was also a four-year-old boy who was hurt and now in stable condition. There were nine of the people who were injured who were from foreign countries. Um, you know, obviously, all the the injuries, the deaths, I mean, it's always incredibly tragic, obviously. And, but the, it, doesn't, it doesn't help anything to not admit that this was terrorism. In fact, it makes us, the public, unable to trust the authorities when they tell us anything. Because if they're going to, you know, not admit um, the little detail that he was not happy about the treatment of Muslims, uh, we can't trust anything. So, um, in fact, there were at the beginning there were uh, reports that, as I said, that they were that he was absolutely even with the uh, mental illness and all that that he was not motivated by terrorism. In other words, specifically, they said not motivated by terrorism. But then, you know, he started making these utterances about uh, the poor treatment of Muslims. I mean, um, this now. They're still saying no terrorism link has been identified. And yes, indeed, he may not be part of a terror cell in Australia. Um, you know, or he may not even have been guided by a specific terrorist. Um, but, but he obviously has been uh, um, seen. He, he's obviously been exposed to a lot of terrorist or some terrorist propaganda. Uh, now, he has had, in the past, he had a 2010, they describe it as a minor assault matter. <laughs> really? What is that? <laughs> a minor, I mean, it's like everything is being sugar-coated. A minor assault. Did he assault a woman, his wife, a girlfriend? I mean, because a lot of terrorists have in their background, we've seen, uh, domestic violence. So I don't know what this minor assault matter means, and I don't know how minor it was. And then um, uh, the people, some of the people who were among the injured were from South Korea, China, Italy, India, Venezuela, Ireland, and New Zealand. You know, which is always interesting that um, whether it's in New York or in London um, or, Pat, or Nice, um, you know, the, the, the people who are killed and injured are, are so often or, or most often not just from that particular location, but from um, other countries. Now, there had been a, already a car attack in Melbourne. Earlier this year, in January, six people were killed and more than 30 were injured when a car was driven up a footpath in Bork Street, which was near the current incident. And uh, that driver was known to the police for a history of illicit drug use, family violence, as I said, <laughs> and mental health problems, not terrorism related. 
I wonder, you know, just how, how deeply they dug into that to uh, determine that it was not terror-related. Um, there have been a number of terrorism uh, attacks this year, of course, as you know. And, uh, and particularly, you know, in regard to the holidays, we started off with the ha Halloween attack in Manhattan, near Ground Zero. Uh, then the more current one that I just talked about and the passage between the Port Authority and Times Square. And um, I will be surprised if there are not more uh, attacks, whether in New York, seems the most likely, um, or other cities. I'm talking about holiday attacks. Now then, there's another interesting aspect to this that also is being downplayed. Um, there was a man in a red shirt who looks like the stereotype of a terrorist. And when this car plowed into pedestrians, this man in a red shirt started taking pictures. Um, pictures or video. Let's see. Um, uh, I have to, that I'm not sure whether it was uh, stills or videos, but in any case, he had his camera out and he was taking a picture of it. And um, so the police arrested him because they thought that he might have had some connection to the man who drove the car into the pedestrians. And they're saying now that he doesn't. Um, but interestingly, when they arrested him, they found knives in his backpack, knives and marijuana. So they are charging him with that. Uh, he, he was... Uh, a mobile phone wielding bystander. And that was what this man in the red shirt was. And, you know, of course, that did make sense, actually, that it could, you know, it, it made sense to think that the two were in cahoots because, um, because terrorists like to post pictures of their attacks on social media, if they live to tell the tale, um, you know, to show ISIS, look what I did. Well, let's talk now about the newest attack, well, the newest almost attack. Uh, an ex-Marine accused of plotting Christmas terror attack in San Francisco. So this man is named Everett James Jameson, and um, he apparently was on the internet expressing support for jihadists and planning a suicide attack in San Francisco. Uh, and an ISIS-inspired Christmas Day suicide attack on Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. I mean, that is the one of the most iconic spots in San Francisco, if not the most iconic. And certainly, um, there were tons of people, would be tons of people there on Christmas Day uh, on, on Fisherman's Wharf. So Everett Aaron Jameson, he's 26, He's facing a count of attempting to provide material support to a foreign terrorist organization. And um, he, it's the FBI and local law enforcement that uh, thwarted his attack. And um, they, when they made contact with him uh, on the internet, you know, in uh, hiding who they were, obviously, um, the FBI, and they saw that he was, you know, liked uh, and loved ISIS-related social media posts 
So, you know, he clicked like and love uh, on these posts, including one that threatened a Christmas attack in New York City. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> For those of you who are still wondering whether anybody out there is planning an attack on, on Christmas Day, um, he also, on the internet, expressed support for Seifulo Saipo, we talked about him in a previous podcast. He is the one who is the Halloween terrorist, uh, killing eight people, injuring 11. <coughs> and um, he told an FBI informant, he, who he didn't, <laughs> he didn't know that it was an FBI informant, and he said, I'm glad to know we Muslims are finally hitting back. Um, you know, he talked about being a non-believer, um, that non-believers deserve everything and more for the lives they have taken. And then he also um, was talking with, online with an, an undercover FBI agent, and he, um, he asked how, the FBI agent asked how Jameson would, might be able to help ISIS. And he said that he was an, a soldier in the American army um, before I reverted. I have been trained in combat and things of war, God willing, anything of that nature. So in other words, that's what he was willing to do. That's how he could help ISIS. Um, he was in Marine basic training around June of 20, 2009. He graduated several months later, according, that's a quote. Um, he was trained as a sharpshooter. Isn't this great? We train people to be sharpshooters, and then they go out and become terrorists. And then he was discharged for failing to disclose a history of asthma. And, you know, that's a common pattern that we've been seeing, too, where people who get thrown out of the American military are pissed, and they, you know, want to take revenge for that. Like, if they're not good enough to be in the American military, then they'll fight for ISIS. So. Um, and he also, he drafted a, uh, now I'm talking about um, the would-be terrorist in San Francisco. He drafted a letter swearing allegiance to ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi and criticizing U.S. President Donald Trump. And, um, and but then, <laughs> two days later, he seemed to be getting cold feet about his plan for the Christmas Day attack on the wharf. And he said, when he was talking to another FBI agent undercover, uh, he said, I don't think I can do this after all. I've reconsidered. One day, God willing, I can, but I can't today. So that's how they were able to um, find him and arrest him. Um, and oh, and he was saying that he would, even though he wasn't up to doing it right now, he was, uh, he supported ISIS and terrorism, and he would be happy if there was an attack that was carried out. So this kind of thing is happening every day, folks. Um, and why am I telling you that and emphasizing that, you know, not to send you running under your covers, but to tell you that the time is ticking. Uh, and one of your New Year's resolutions should be that you will prepare yourself, uh, strengthen yourself, make yourself more resilient psychologically and physically so that these reports of terrorism as well as terror attacks won't have as much impact on you. 
I'm certainly not saying you shouldn't go about your business and, and do your Christmas plans, do your shopping, do your, you know, uh, partying and all of that. You do need to keep a little extra vigilant eye out, you know, if you see something, say something and all. That's not just a saying. Um, it really is true that, you know, if everybody did that, that would be helpful. It won't stop every, well, I mean, that, I was going to say it won't stop every attack, but actually, um, it's not just about, it's not just about the moment of the attack. In other words, let's say, yes, obviously, if you see a, a bag or some kind of package that looks odd with wires sticking out or something like that, obviously, you call the police. But when I, I'm saying um, see something, say something, um, even if you have some suspicions, if you see people doing things that, like, you know, look at the San Bernardino terror attack from two Christmases ago. The neighbors, there were people who knew, who saw um, people coming to the couple's home and they were stockpiling weapons. There were people who, who thought that there was something strange going on, yet nobody told the police. Even, of course, family members also hide it. So you just have to be more vigilant and you have to think seriously about including things into your plans for the new year uh, or start now. <laughs> start now if I'm saying there might be some holiday attacks. Um, to include things that will be make your, making yourself stronger, like physically stronger, like um, exercise and eating the right food and taking vitamins and those kinds of things, all the things you've heard about, and psychologically going for help if you're having some psychological problems, and um, doing stress-relieving techniques, meditation, and so on. There, there, I, there are things that you could do every day to make yourself stronger. And that's what you need to do because, you know, these attacks are coming. And I'm not sure that I don't think they're going to be stopping after the holidays. Um, so it's best to prepare now. And, of course, I have to put in another plug for my book because uh, I, I wrote it um, with all of this in mind, and particularly for the most vulnerable among us, the children. You know, I, I told you there was a child, a four-year-old child who was injured in the Australian attack. When kids see news of that on television or on the internet, they hear about it on the radio or on a podcast, um, that affects them even more when they, when they hear about a child being injured. Uh, just like with the Halloween attack, when the attacker uh, ran into a, a school bus carrying kids with learning disabilities, uh, special needs kids, and injured two children and two teachers. Um, you know, that, that too was an example of something that would catch kids' attention. And they want to know, what is terrorism? Why, what, who are terrorists? Why are terrorists trying to hurt them? And these are all the things that I talk about in my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. The first part of the book is for grown-ups, parents and grandparents and teachers. And the second part of the book is a picture book for kids explaining all the things that they have questions about, like what is a terrorist? I talk about and I have pictures of a terrorist being a bully on the playground, like a bully on the playground. You know, it's in language that kids can understand. And the more people get out of their denial and realize that these attacks are going to keep on coming, 
the more urgent I hope you feel that it is to talk about terrorism with your kids. And my book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, so am I, uh, give grown-ups the tools to do that. So thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show today. Um, I'm Dr. Carol, your Terrorist Therapist. And yes, if you would like to find out more about me and read some more um, uh, articles I'm quoted in and vlogs and more podcasts and so on, go to my website, which is www.terroristtherapist.com terroristtherapist.com and my book Lions and Tigers and Terrorists are in all wherever books are sold and the easiest place to get it is from my publisher and their website is terrorismforkids.com terrorism the number four kids.com